fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He is super white. And Alex Sennar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Bert and Ernie. And we watch Drop Zone, a movie about skydiving. Now, there are some skydiving scenes in this movie, if you watch it with a careful eye. This was a you movie. bet you, buddy. I remember Alex talking about it. I didn't remember which one it was. And I was like, you know what? I'll just let this wash over me blind. And then when Wesley Snipes, his name was above the title, I knew like oh, my buddy would never let me down. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. Second Bill Gary Busey was also a welcome surprise. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> oh, indeed. yeah. And Yancey, some from Yancey. Um... <laughs> Let's be real. The third build character in this movie should be Hans Zimmer. Correct. Okay, yeah, it's also very true. Uh, before we drop out, Parker, do we have any news? How many times do you just like read movie news and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever, I'll see if that game is made. Yeah, whatever, I'll see if I see that. When I'm scrolling through, like I read distinctly Peter Dinklage to star in Toxic Avenger Reboot. And I was like, eh, that's funny. And then I kept scrolling and then I paused. I was like, wait, was that real? And I scrolled back up. <laughs> Turns out, it was from a real website, so I guess Peter Dinklage is the Toxic Avenger now, because Game of Thrones is never, ever, ever coming back. Well, probably for the best that it doesn't. Uh, And, you know, good news, Peter Dinklage is a good actor. Um, Is he? Yeah, I think he is. I I like him. I like him as an actor. Um, I liked him in In Bruges, and Chris liked him in... uh... Don't say that Gary Oldman movie. No. I forgot he was in the Gary Oldman movie. Uh, No, I liked him in Penelope, a movie with um, uh, Christina Ricci. He's quite good in that. Uh, I actually don't think I saw him in the X-Men movie. So, Parker, uh, we've all got a movie that we like. All right. Yeah, that was my pick. You got it. But here's the thing about the Toxic Avenger, and I posted about this off mic, but... You know, no matter what you do with this remake or whatever, we're still going to have the original. And I'm actually just happy to remember that the original exists. The Toxic Avenger fucking rules. Four of them somehow. And a cartoon. (laughs) The 80s were a mistake. But also, I love that. Same, except they were good, though. (laughs) I love that every time I think of Game of Thrones, I should get to remember, like, we're in, like, month, what, 15, it feels like, of quarantine. I've not heard a single person rewatch Game of Thrones. That shit oh, no. <laughs> does not exist anymore. You also don't get anyone being like, okay, guys, I'm watching Game of Thrones for the first time. Like, no. if you didn't watch it when it started, people are just like, now you know to stay away. It is wiped off the map entirely, which is... I don't even know what streaming service is on, what, HBO or something? Oh, yeah. yeah, HBO has its own thing now. It's actually pretty good. It's yeah, also not good. paying $15 a month for it, yeah, except for when I forget to cancel it when it's attached to my Amazon Prime, which happens a lot. That's Thank fair. you, Boomer Parents, for having every cable package. God bless, dude. Really okay. appreciate it. Well, uh, any other news? I feel like I read something when I woke up 
20 minutes ago, but it's already left my brain. We are <laughs> That's struggling. <laughs> are we just going to gloss over the other big remake news of the week? Which one is that one? I guess this is more of a sequel than a remake. I guess I forgot but, it. Uh, what is it? Over the last week, Pauly Shore has been using social media to campaign for a oh. sequel to Encino, man. Oh, fuck. I thought oh. I'd dream that. Seriously? Oh, no. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, that, no. He says Sean Astin and Brendan Fraser are already. Brendan Fraser see. certainly does look like a caveman right now. I don't want to. That is going to make me sad. I don't want that. You know what's so weird is I actually referenced Ancina Man last night when I was talking to Josh. I was like, look, if you thought a man out of ice and the first movie you showed him was Chappie, he might like movies. But anyone <laughs> else, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Disagree. Encino <laughs> Man 2, where they just show him Chappie. <laughs> how, how are we getting Encino Man 2 before Biodome 2? Or Chappie 2. Actually, Biodome 2 makes a lot more don't, sense. Jeez. Don't wish that into existence. Chappie, Chappie 2 was actually planned. Chappie was originally going to be like the first of a trilogy, but they uh, decided How's he going to be a Chappie surly won? teenage robot a second time. You know, it's fine. I don't it's know. Fine. He's going to meet every uh, movie's a planned trilogy. The fucking he's going to meet X J. Planned trilogy. <laughs> every time someone a movie's coming out, they're impressed. Like, yeah, I got three of these in mind. Like, yeah, I fucking bet you do. Yeah, one of the movies I watch is part of a planned alternate film universe. So. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, we'll get to this. Uh, let's get to our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Dibs on the orange man. Orange man is my jerk. <laughs> Damn uh, it! Jerk blocking. No orange man steal. <laughs> I would like to use my dragon balls. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chris, you go first, I guess. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, shit, jerk of the week, jerk of the week, jerk That'd of the week. It'd be such an incredible power move. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> Just tank the entire season out of spite. Uh, uh, jerk of the week is um, fucking. Uh, no, I'm going to stick with it. You're not actually using it. I'm calling your bluff. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not taking it. Good. All right. Oh. I believed you for a split second. <laughs> All right, no, who are your jerks? Much more diabolical things. All right, my uh, jerk of the week is COVID-19. Hmm. Now, there are many reasons why this could be a jerk of the week, but I am choosing a very specific one that happened to me yesterday. You see, we had to go to a bougie mall in D.C. to return something. And, you know, you go in the mall, and they have maps that tell you where to go. But because this is the fancy mall, all of the maps are touchscreens. And because of COVID, all of the touchscreens are off, and you can't use the maps. So I just <laughs> wandered around a mall for 15 minutes looking for a store. Because there was no choice. So thanks again, global pandemic. Uh, my jerk of the week is similar to COVID-19. It is Ice-T's father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> funniest thing I've read all week. And I quote from at final level, my father-in-law, Coco's dad, in quotation marks, <laughs> was a serious no-masker. COVID hit him. Pneumonia in both lungs. 40 days in ICU, close to death. Now he's on oxygen indefinitely. Oh, he's a believer now. And then I saw her face. <laughs> With the pic of him on the oxygen mask. I've never seen a more powerful flex in my entire life. 
<laughs> Why would you tweet that? Coco's dad, or so they say. How much does he fucking hate this dude? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? The Ravens put in Trace McSorley and got a 77-yard touchdown? Absolutely fuck off, football. The Game of Games has been canceled this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on to what we watched this week. I called off work last Wednesday because I wanted to brave the conditions, brave COVID-19, and go into the theaters to see a one-time-only presentation of the new documentary Zappa in theaters. And uh, I get in there. I'm watching it, and I thought I was going to be the only one in the theater, because, like, who else actually likes Frank Zappa? But there were a whole lot of other people in there, and it was it was kind of nice, you know? Watching it, and it was really good. It was, like, better than I expected. Alex Winter, is, he's uh, one of Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted. Um, he's the one who's not Keanu Reeves. Anyway, uh, it's it's pretty good. You got, like, Steve Vai's interviewed in there. You got Johnny Guitar Watson's interviewed in there. 74-year-old Ruth Underwood brought me to tears with her interviews in this movie. And then it got fire alarmed out. So <laughs> so I guess you didn't get to the part where they explain why his face has become a Twitch meme? Is it? Wait, Zappos' face is a Twitch meme? I'll, I'll let you stew on that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> All right, that that kind of <laughs> fucked me up. That wow, when did that happen? Anyway, Chris, I was able to when do it. I ask sincere questions during this segment? <laughs> I <laughs> no, I'm gonna believe you though. I just assume cause... everything you ask me is laced with like, oh fuck, what did I what did I do? <laughs> Something like that. one thing I don't that know, I don't... six years ago that's been unearthed now. <laughs> There's, I mean, you could say that, but like, I. I don't fucking watch Twitch. I, I've never watched a, a Twitch streamer before. The only thing I watch on Twitch is that Forgotten VCR and only MXC. And I guess I watched, uh, actually for Thanksgiving, I watched a whole bunch of the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, marathon, which was quite nice. I got to see uh, Hobgoblins again, which was... R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> only MXC guy. Oh, did he, he die? Close to the sun. He got well, the MCA, I think. I, I was just it's watching it last night. It's still Are you going sure? Yeah, I know it was down for a while. I guess it was I just, down for a bit. It's back up. So either way, it's on like week. Amazon Prime. So you know, just do that. Um, next movie I watched was one that was so much better than I was anticipating. Uh, it's a movie directed and starring uh, Bill Paxton. It's called Frailty, and it's allegedly a horror movie. I don't know. It goes as far as I call it a horror movie, more of a thriller, but. Uh, this is so good. It's got Matthew McConaughey in it and uh, Powers Booth, who, as it turns out, Powers Booth is just good in everything, apparently. Um, Parker, have you you said you haven't seen Frailty, but your mom used to watch it a lot? Uh, it, it was on constantly. For some reason, <coughs> some cable channel had this and Sling Blade on all the fucking time. So those were just on in the house for like a year, I feel like. So I've seen a lot of it. I know she loves it, but I've not sat down and watched it. I would highly recommend this to both of you. This is uh, it's about two young boys in Texas, and they're raised by their father, Bill Paxton. And one night, Bill Paxton, the father, has a vision from God that says that he is set upon Earth to destroy all the demons. And in order to find the demons, the, the demons are hiding as human beings. And God will give him a list of the human beings, and he has to kill them. And... It's never really made clear uh, whether the guy is actually seeing these visions or if he's just crazy or something. And 
so he has to teach his two young boys how to kill people that he's just finding off the streets. And uh, the way that the movie is played is that you're never quite sure whether Bill Paxton is crazy or if he's actually seeing these visions. It doesn't really take a side. And as such, I think it's kind of brilliant in that way. But at the end of the movie, it takes a side. And I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but I have to appreciate the balls on this movie for actually saying, you know, okay, you know what, we're just going to go in this direction, we're going to choose how it is, and it's not going to be left up to the audience's interpretation, it's just this. And it works. And I think it works because they actually jump on it with both feet. They're just like, we're just going to go for it. Uh, I really, really liked it. Bill Paxton's an excellent director. Matthew McConaughey is great in this. Powers Booth is great in this. Uh, Bill Paxton as an actor though is very easily the best part because he is so sympathetic as a father. You really do believe that he believes in what he's doing and he feels so bad about what he has to force his children to do. It's, uh, it's not an easy role to play, but every single time that I, I, I saw him on screen, I felt bad for him. It feels like a very real portrayal. I really wanted to get to that this week and then, uh, you know. Yeah, life happened. <laughs> that's that's very <laughs> yep. fair. Uh, Frailty, I highly recommend. That's certainly one of the better movies on the list, which is a very low bar to clear. Uh, quick one yeah, here. You persist. <laughs> I day after day. You are going to be so mad when I finally usurp you in the count. Um, <laughs> oh dang, you got me by torturing <laughs> yourself for two straight years. <laughs> that's the fi- that's the one thousand first movie on the list is watching Chris watch all the movies. Uh, I watched it. No, I'll skip that one. I don't care. Uh, Parker assigned me. <laughs> Parker assigned me a movie called Scoob. Jinkies. It's Ruh-roh. about Scooby Doo. <laughs> well, uh, and some other characters. Yeah. Well, the next movie I watched was Wide Awake by Midnight Shyam. No. Yeah, but what happened in that movie? Fucking Scoob, dude. All right. So first, I, before we talk about the movie, let's talk about like the advertising. The the teaser trailer that dropped before the movie was that stupid little thing where uh, Shaggy meets puppy Scooby Doo, and it's like, oh, that's so cute. Look at them. They like each other so much. Uh, let me tell you something. Who could possibly fucking care? Why would anyone like that? Here's a better question. Who likes Scooby Doo? Scooby Doo blows. Alright? No one likes that fucking show. The only good iteration of it was that fucking uh, Mystery Incorporated. But I'll tell you this what. Right after watching Scoob, I was like, wow, the live action was like a lot better than this. Maybe I should give that movie another try. Look, I've said numerous times on this podcast, Hannah and Barbara both can eat my shit. Absolute hacks. So here's the first thing that you notice about this movie. All the people in it look like shit. Correct. This is one of the most hideous fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. It's not quite as bad as Food Fight, but it's up there. This movie would have been embarrassing 15 years ago. Why does it look worse than The Incredibles? There's no excuse for this. Uh, the the voice acting is hideous. Why is Zac Efron voicing sh- uh, was it, uh, Fred? Why why is he in this movie? He can't I act. see that. Yeah, okay, you know what? You're going to sign this. Uh, look at the cast and be like, why did you spend so much money for an animated Scooby-Doo movie? That's the entire budget. The movie looks like shit because you're paying like B-list celebrities to do cartoon voices. See, one of the weird things about it is it kind of reminds me more... This is a movie I recommend. I, I reference too much. 
is the Flintstones movie from, like, 1994. It kind of feels like it should have come out then, because, like, oh, ah, where are your parents? We used to watch Scooby-Doo. We'll go watch this. And it's got, like, the same sort of humor, which is bad humor. Uh, it doesn't really feel particularly modern. At one point, they recreate the opening from the original Scooby-Doo show. Who cares? Uh, that, that doesn't matter. That actually fucking blows. Uh, oh, there was something. Oh, yeah. Velma. Little girl Velma dresses up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg for Halloween. Oh, fuck. I forgot. So she dressed up as an angel. Uh, Why? Let's see. <laughs> I White. repressed a lot of this movie, and that was definitely part of it. Yeah. So, oh, as I, I don't no. want to tread, I don't want to retread too much ground of what Parker talked about because Parker telling about it was uh, pretty funny, but. There really isn't a mystery in this movie. <laughs> it, there's there's no thing that's mysterious about it. For some reason, they decided they were going to go with a, a cinematic universe of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Yeah. Who the fuck wants that? Yeah. <laughs> All you kids remember this caveman thing voiced by Tracy now, Morgan? No, I was about to bring that up. You <laughs> deceived me by not mentioning that Captain Caveman was voiced by, of all people, Tracy Morgan. Why the fuck? Who I thought died. I remember he was in that horrible wreck Same, and except I just never saw him again. Uh, that was Kevin Hart. Anyway, yeah, oh, that's... Excuse me. Yeah, I don't know. It's whatever. But, no, uh, no, it was just called Die Hart. He did not actually die in it, Chris. You oh, watched it. okay. <laughs> uh, man. What else? Oh, yeah, Blue Falcon. Let's talk about my friend, Blue Falcon. Uh, Blue Falcon is voiced by an actor... And at one point oh, he yeah? dabs. Which one? There's a lot of actors in the movie. I don't remember who voiced Blue Falcon. I bet so, you. Oh, do. Mark Wahlberg. That's right. Yeah, oh, how do. could I forget? <laughs> I oh, like, dude, oh, laugh I it up. It. Laugh it like, up. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, this Wikipedia was edited. Let me go to the IMDb. <laughs> sure as shit. There it is. Oh, Alex, you think this is funny? Let me tell you something. Ken Jong is in this movie, and he's the best character in All the right. movie. I would like to use my immunity idol right now. <laughs> just in advance of Scoob. <laughs> just just whenever it comes at any point in the future. Like. I'm, I'm dead serious. Ken Jong is very easily the best part of this movie. <laughs> Which is, is not the so nicest horrifying. thing you can say about a movie. Uh, it's not really because Do of Ken Jong. information what you will. That Ken is Jong's the opposite voices. of everything else that Ken Jong has ever been in. Yeah, Ken Jeong is as an actor, he's you know fine, whatever. But uh, the character itself, he is plays Dinah. Is he fine now? Yeah, he's. I don't know. This seems fine enough to me. I don't. I don't feel particularly strongly about him. I think it's more that his presence Mix in a movie signals that it's not going to be very good. Uh, Chris, just as a sidebar, have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? No. You want to talk about a movie that's like pretty good, except for the five minutes that Kim Jong is on screen dressed as Elvis for some reason. Oh god! Oh, oh, oh that's I just got heartburn. Oh my god! You know that actually is weird because when he was in this movie, I could hear his voice as Dynamite. I was like, "That sounds like Ken Jong," but he's not doing like a Ken Jong stick, right? He's not doing like the here's this wacky side character. He's the most normal person in the movie. Uh, it's not just because his look is so much more expressive than everyone else who's just dead eyed throughout the movie. It's not because he could do all these crazy robot things. But he seems annoyed with everyone else in the movie. He seems like a normal person. He takes things seriously. There's like a life or death situation. He's the only one who seems to care. Uh, he feels like a real hero. The movie should have been about him, not about anyone else. Uh, and Ken Jeong really is, I guess, is more a restrained performance from him. Uh, 
But, uh, yeah, the, somehow I'm going, by hook or by crook, I will get you to watch Scoob. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. Get those well, Dragon Balls warmed up, buddy. It's one of, like, <laughs> ten movies that came out this year, so it's probably going to get a sequel, because no, 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 it made right. some money. It probably was in a theater. Yeah. It's probably in the top ten of the year at this point. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies that just reinforces just how lame Scooby-Doo is. Like, there's two sides of this movie. A lot of people who... I don't know how they're fans of Scooby-Doo. You you have to be an adult baby to be a fan of Scooby-Doo. I'm just going to lay that down right now. I don't now. think it's fans. I think it's just... For, like, three decades, it just aired in the mornings on Cartoon Network. So, like, you know, yeah, generations sure. of people are like, Oh, yeah, I watched a lot of that as a kid because it was on when I got ready for school. Well, a lot of people were saying that, Oh, this has nothing to do with Scooby-Doo. You missed the point of Scooby-Doo. It wasn't actually a point. To Which is correct, cartoon. because there's no fucking mysteries. They there's, summon the three-headed dog. Yeah, now that's true. They summon a three-headed dog from hell. Uh, they who was summon protecting... Cerberus to go get Dick Dastardly or whoever. And Muttley. Muttley was voice by... Uh, uh, who was that guy? Billy West? Uh, uh, probably. Anyway. Yeah. So what you're telling me is that Red Herring's not in this? He's not in this well, movie. Uh, Alright, well... Okay. Scooby-Doo also doesn't have a point, but the only thing it has is, well, let's solve a mystery. This movie fails to have a mystery, but it has two Simon Cowell cameos. What oh yeah, f- that was okay. weird. Simon Cowell comes back for like a second time. You Again, you mentioned this to me, and I still forgot that Simon Cowell was in this, and he just comes in, and everyone's like, Simon Cowell? I'm like, yeah, Miss thank you. Who, which one is that? Wednesday, Wednesday, (laughs) Wednesday. I have as much connection with Simon Cowell now as I did when they mentioned Phyllis Diller in the original Scooby-Doo. Like, no one's going to know who Simon Cowell is. (laughs) Same, honestly. Yeah, it's like, oh, he was a guy from, uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think, like, Scooby-Doo, the original series, do you remember when they had Mama Cass on, Cass Elliot? Do you think she had died before that episode, and they just, I'll stop you now. No, I don't remember that. (laughs) You're the big fan of (laughs) Scooby-Doo. The only thing I know about Mama Cass is Austin Powers' joke, is she died from (laughs) making a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke, though. That's, That's a pretty good one. Uh... So here's the thing. I also think it nails uh, the point of Scooby-Doo, which is sucking. It's all the characters interacting and talking with each other. And they go into, oh, they take off his mask and there's someone underneath the mat. That's that's Scooby-Doo for you. If you're thinking, oh, I thought a Scooby-Doo movie would be better than this, then you're the asshole. You're the one who doesn't, undersca- who doesn't understand Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo was never good. The only time Scooby-Doo was ever good is in two iterations. One, Mystery Incorporated, and two, that crossover episode with Johnny Bravo. Now, have you seen both of the live-action ones? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Damn it. Nice fucking try. Damn Speaking it. of things I've seen and wished I hadn't, I watched Wide Awake, directed <laughs> by M. Night Shyamalan. Your favorite. Now, Parker, I've called you a friend in the past. Uh, that was a mistake. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes friends betray you. And, you know, we haven't had a really in-depth discussion about M. Night Shyamalan and his bullshit on this podcast. Didn't we uh, do an entire episode on Devil? That isn't enough, <laughs> uh, because I watched Wide Awake and you guys have it. so let me tell you about this. Uh, Wide Awake is about this little boy going to Catholic school in Pennsylvania, and he's going to uh, Catholic school in Pennsylvania, and he's in Pennsylvania, and he goes to Catholic school. And his grandpa dies. 
And he feels bad about it because he liked his grandpa or something. I wasn't paying attention. And he decides that he's going to look for God. And he's going to ask God if his grandfather is okay in heaven. You might be wondering, how do you make a movie out of that? You don't. Uh, you have a bunch of other side things going on. The only I, I don't really have a lot of uh, affinity for these private institutions. I've seen so many bad movies on this podcast that take place at uh, private schools. Um, so, Wide Awake. It's one of the most pointless movies I've ever seen. Um, they're... By the end of the movie, I don't know what M. Night Shyamalan was trying to say or do. Uh, film is a communicative medium. You're trying to say something. Acting, same way. I don't know what they're trying to get across in this movie. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Uh, because I'm supposed to feel some way. I, I can tell. Uh, but I got nothing out of that. But here's a weird thing. I don't think M. Night Shyamalan is really to blame for this one. Maybe partly, but it's not really his fault. I'm going to lay this one at uh, perennial jerk of the week, Harvey Weinstein, uh, because I did some research into this, and uh, apparently Harvey Weinstein recut and reshot a whole bunch of stuff in this movie. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's to blame for the schmaltzy Spielberg-esque score uh, and the questionable decision to include voiceover narration. Uh, it's easy to dump on M. Night Shyamalan for his entire filmography, except Correct. for The Sixth Sense, but... I actually feel like I might have missed out on what his true vision was in what could have been and probably what should have been a very personal movie for him. So here's the thing. I don't know if this movie is semi-autobiographical, but it's about a boy who attends a Catholic private school raised by parents who are both doctors in Pennsylvania. The similarities between this movie and M. Night's own childhood are there, even if they're just coincidental or just a vehicle for what can loosely be described as the plot. Now, I, I've been intrigued often by the intersection of faith and destiny in Shyamalan's movies. I, I don't know that it's usually handled well. I mean, I saw Devil and Signs, but I can't fault the guy for trying. You know, it's usually at least somewhat interesting what he's trying to do or say. And the effort goes a long way for me. It really does. Now, I, I believe he said in a recent New York Times interview that he wasn't religious at all, but he's got an interest. And uh, I don't know. I... I kind of feel like this one isn't on him, so I'm not going to blame M. Night Shyamalan. I'll blame Harvey Weinstein. The worst thing he's ever done. Chris, you are absolutely right. Harvey, please release the Shyamalan cut. <laughs> <laughs> so this one specific... Okay, well, we'll try out some other ones then. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Parker, I have uh, seen one of the movies that he wrote but did not direct, Stuart Little, which... Uh, have you seen that? Oh, sure, I did, Why did theaters. you watch Stuart Little? <laughs> I uh, I was I had a friend from another country who was visiting and we took him to see him. Oh, I thought you meant you watched it this week. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why did you just? <laughs> I saw the first two in theaters. Yeah, I didn't know that there was more than once, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> did you now? Well, uh, I uh, I mean I I knew and uh, why is the mouse British? I don't why. We make him a regular mouse. The... Wait, he wasn't British in the first movie. He had a normal voice. Did he? Yeah, he did. In my memory, he's British. No, I Maybe remember. it's just because I hated it. Well, cast your memory <laughs> back to the next movie I watched, and this is a personal point of shame for me. This is the first time that I watched From Dust Till Dawn. What the fuck? I know. Right? I... Well, haven't we talked about this multiple times? 
I, you know what's weird is you guys have brought it up before, and you said so. It's like this is like from Dust Till Dawn. Everyone stopped talking about the second half of this movie, and I'm glad that you did. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, Alex, about that film idea that you have, which we won't say. Don't steal our ideas. Anyone who's listening, there are there are we several just, that it could be. But well, yes, the, we know we're the one we're talking about. We could just do it in the mode of from dusk till dawn. Instead of the thing that happens in the second half, we'll have your idea. You know, we'll go with that. <laughs> I honestly, good idea in my opinion. Uh, I took How notes on this. How has he survived this. in space for seven years? <laughs> <laughs> I took. <laughs> extensive notes on this i fucking love this movie uh i don't love everything about it i think the biggest problem with it is actually quentin tarantino uh not just the fact that his character often uses uh sexual assault as like a a plot point something that'll move the plot from a to b but also uh at one point he gets an entire foot into his mouth i'm just like okay fine i just i don't (laughs) You know, actually, I'm really, sure. like, finally tasting success and is like cashing in immediately. Like, I don't know how many more of these movies I got in. Me. Let me just fucking go for it. Is that what you call that scene? Tasting success? I yes. am nearly positive that he had that written into his contract before he signed on. Probably. Yeah, Look, that's I'm what it's a... called. If you go to like the DVD chapters, tasting success. Look, I'm not all a right. foot person at all, but if Salma Hayek's foot was near my mouth, I'd, I'd think about it. We need to talk about Salma Hayek because. You just gotta go for it. The most the most recent movies that I've seen with Salma Hayek are The Faculty, which she's wearing like uh like a doctor's like coat the entire time, and uh Grown Ups. So it's oh, Jesus <laughs> So I don't know it's what I was expecting. Now <laughs> So it's very easy to forget that at one point Salma Hayek was the hottest woman in the world. Now, when you watch From Dust Till Dawn, it's it's actually kind of a, like a weird thing to watch during her whole dance sequence because you just your jaw just drops. You're just like, okay, I guess that's it. She's just the hottest woman who ever lived, right there. That's it. Simply doesn't get any better than that. I'm thinking of like the the South Park scene where uh, Cartman sees someone with a literal butt for a head and he doesn't <laughs> laugh. He's like, that's that's it. That's the literal funniest thing I'll ever see, guys. I, I don't know that I can ever laugh again. It will nothing will ever be that funny anymore. Same thing with Selma Hayek, except I'll never see anyone that hot anymore. It's just, that's it. That's that's like the standard now. So and the fact that that's the scene where they're like, all right, and now the movie is this now is so perfect. I yeah. really really liked it. I was. That's the thing is the first half of the movie is pretty good too. It's like, oh, what are they gonna do with this? And then the second half of the movie is they just go exploring. They just like, okay, what if I just do this? Right? I can just get away with this, right? Hell yeah, you can. Parker. So that's why Robert Rodriguez keeps getting chances. I got it now. I, honestly, you know, like, just let him do again. what he wants. I don't care. Another shark boy and lava girl. Who cares? He can do it. He's he's oh, good on it. Came you know? out, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Oh, oh it's good. Oh, You're gonna watch no, it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Immunity <laughs> idol. <laughs> so Parker oh, did bring Taylor Lautner back. <laughs> Fucking rules. <laughs> I don't think he wanted. I don't know what happened to Taylor Lautner. I'm not gonna look it up. Parker, uh, the final shot uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Oh my god! Perfect. Literally so one of the best final sent, shots I've ever seen. When I was sent to Mexico to find an Aztec <laughs> pyramid, 
I was clenching like, fuck, does he know there's like three of these movies? Am I going to have to watch it? <laughs> now, it's so interesting that you mentioned that, Parker, because I said, I told my dad, hey, dad, it's all from dusk till dawn. And he's like, oh, the second one stinks. You should make Parker watch it. <laughs> God damn it. No. Because <laughs> then I'll have to watch the third one. I can see if they tie up all the loose ends and complete the trilogy. Well, it's okay. Apparently, Quentin Tarantino was a producer on those movies, so you know he's got his oh, hand what? over. He was guiding them. It's it, he's it's got his seal of approval. I love every time we should get another layer of a '90s direct-to-video horror movie your dad rented. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't complete the picture I have in in my head at all, and yet there's multiple examples. The- <laughs> Watching Dracula two and From Dust Till Dawn two. So, uh, one of the my favorite scenes in here that I just want to point out, because no one else has pointed this out that I know of, the Fred Williams scene, the Fred Williamson scene, where he's describing what he did in Vietnam, he's just silently miming it. That I would have, <laughs> if I was at the theater, I would not have been able to comport myself in a professional manner. I would have been laughing so fucking hard. Tom Savini's penis gun. Yeah, that's that's my review of the movie. I don't know how much of this I'm going to have to cut because I just want people to just go in blind to this movie like more than anything else. I mean, if they didn't listen the first four times we told them to, then I don't know what else we can do. You didn't listen the first four times. I did! I thought, I I got it confused, the wires are crossed in my brain. I thought, when I heard Dawn, I thought of Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder one. And I get Zack Snyder and Robert Rodriguez confused all the time. They're very similar directors. So Most the of their movies are roughly equivalent in quality, yes. That is correct. For like three years you've thought like, man, they really like this one Zack Snyder movie, but they always give me shit for like in 300, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> So the next movie I watched is called Chappie. Is it? Oh. Oh. I'm very excited for this. Okay. Oh. That dude made three movies and then just disappeared. Like because he was of supposed Chappie. to reboot Alien back before every single thing was doing that, where they were gonna just ignore all the shitty sequels and bring back Sigourney Weaver. Then you know Ridley Scott was like, "Actually, I'm gonna do that." And they're like, "All right, fuck you." But like, for me, but like, Robocop. Alien is already a pretty good movie. I don't know that that needs a reboot. But well, it's uh, more like, hey, you remember how no one likes Alien Three or Resurrection? Let's like give her a good send off. And then he was like, yeah, but oh, what if we yeah. Prometheus? Eat shit, nerd. Thanks for making Chappie. So, Alex, <laughs> uh, have you, did you ever see District Nine? I did. Yeah. Did you uh, like it or no? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine okay. to good. Like, yeah. there's some extremely dope mecha combat in there for no reason, but. Ah, well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I I mean, hey, we take it. it where we can get it. Right, yeah. I liked it uh, quite a bit, and I remember there was a lot of people on the internet who hated it, and I couldn't really figure out why. Uh, people weren't very good at explaining why they disliked uh, District 9. Maybe It might have been like that LL syndrome sort of thing, like you see something that's popular, and like, now I hate it for whatever reason. Okay, you know, that happens with a lot of movies. Now, before I get into my experience with Chappie, you said that you hate Chappie. And that's why you assigned it to me. Can you explain to me why you hate Chappie? Alright, so even if we want to put aside the fact that this movie is horribly paced, and considering the enormous visual effects budget still kind of looks like shit, I find this movie annoying in all ways that I find movies without Ken Jeong in them annoying. In that, like, (laughs) it has, like, it has a cool premise that goes nowhere, because it gets bogged down in this dumb saccharine story about this robot learning to feel things, question mark. 
it has a soundtrack that is unfathomably annoying in a bad way. And it commits the cardinal sin of movie making to me, which is just a complete ignorance to all principles of editing whatsoever. And just going like, yeah, this stuff I'm going to show you is going to take as long as I feel like you should spend watching it. And you've just got to fucking deal with it because you already paid to Redbox this. I, it just, it, it like, if I go down the checklist of things that annoy me enormously about movies, it checks all of them. You know, a lot of people, you know, if if you ask them, hey, what do you think the worst movie you've ever seen is? They'll give you some, like, sci-fi original movie or something that's, like, really, really poor quality. For me, that entire list is populated with, like, big-budget movies that go nowhere. Or, let's say, medium-to-big-budget movies that just go nowhere. Stuff like this and The Neon Demon and The Last Jedi is, like... That's, like, the stuff that makes my list of the worst movies I've ever seen. Because there's potential there. There's potential that... You know, somebody else with a similar script and the same budget could have made a good movie here, and instead they made something that is fucking reprehensible. Okay, so I kind of liked it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first thing I see when I turn on Chappie is that it's two hours long, so, uh, Alex, you can't see it right now, but I'm flipping you off. That's fair. Uh, I yeah. honestly, if you asked me before I looked it up, I would have told you it was closer to three. This movie feels like it takes a million years to finish. Yeah, in, in a couple ways. Um, now, it says it takes place, I guess, in what Australia or South Africa. Either way, you're talking about movies that annoy you. We can just say that their fucking voices the entire movie are so oh fucking God. annoying. I would have almost rather listened to British people. Yeah, like, okay, they have that rap duo, D Antwerd, in here, uh, who are apparently controversial because the male member is a rapist. But, uh... Oh my god. Is yeah. that a thing? Something... Apparently he trafficked a girl or something. I don't know. Well, you know, South Africa, what can you do? Yeah, well, I thought they were German. It says D, you know? Like, it's like, duh, for a... I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they're really... They're in this, and they're really annoying, and all their music really blows, too. Uh, I think my big problem with Chappie... You talk about a movie that goes nowhere. It's, it, it's not just that it goes nowhere. It's that it says nothing. Uh, I don't know what the point of Chappie is, what they're trying to say or do with this. Um, it's got a little robot policeman is, uh, I guess, the crux of this movie. And, uh, okay, that's an idea. It was already covered once before in Brillo, and it was modified rather well in The Terminator. That's basically a robot cop. That's that's an idea of something you could do with it. Uh, and those those both said something. Those are both stories that uh, have a point to them. When you watch them, you're kind of thinking, okay, this is how I ought to feel about X. Chappie doesn't do that. I think if Chappie has a message, and again, I argue that it doesn't, its only message is that... Robots are just like people. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I disagree. I don't think that they are. <laughs> like, literally, it's just a movie about, like, a surly teenager. Except the surly teenager is a robot. It's fucking... No, it's no, so, no, not why? just a robot. Like, it's a robot with, like, a stupid voice. <laughs> that the stupid voice, voice really rough. goes along a long way. Like, and part of it is because it's being trained how to speak by D. Antwerd. Yep. And uh, that's really annoying. And the way that it talks is so stupid. I think this might have been even worse if it had been filmed in America, though. Uh, a lot of it is completely incomprehensible. This is the first English movie I've seen in a long time that I needed subtitles for. Uh, Hugh Jackman is in it. He plays uh, a villain. He should not be playing villains. He looks too good. <laughs> 
Uh, Sigourney Weaver is in this. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about Sigourney Weaver. I think she's a great actress. Like, one of the great actresses of our time. She is terrible in this. She's I would have taken that check, too. Awful. Yeah, well, I don't know if I would have. Uh, talk about, like, the pacing and the editing. I think you and I are on exactly the same page. This is the one of, this is one of the most poorly paced and edited movies I think I've ever seen. Uh... For a movie that lasts two fucking hours, it's so fast. There is no time at all given to you to think or feel or care about anything that happens. I, I, I don't know what I would do if I did have that time, but as such, I'm not given that time. It, it reminds me of, like, a Disney movie, because those Disney movies are, like, 80 minutes. They have to go really fast. I have to have all these, like, cute little characters bouncing around all over the place. Chappie just goes from, like, being reprogrammed to invading this place, and now he's a good guy. Oh, now he's a bad guy again. I don't know who any of the characters are by an hour 40 into the movie. I, I, I don't know anything about this because of the way that it's shot, edited, paced. And I, I don't know what Neil Blomkamp was doing on this. If this was his vision, and I assume that it is because he has a writer's credit on it, boy, no wonder he's not getting any more movies. This guy just can't direct. Maybe District 9 was an anomaly. So it's good. Yeah. <laughs> was hey, you remember anything else I despise about this? I mean, you remember how I felt about all of the Queen in Highlander. <laughs> this movie is that soundtrack minus the talent of Queen. Oh yeah, oh, it is that's cursed, painful to listen to. I actually turned the soundtrack like way down when I was listening to. I was like, no, nah, I don't care about this. Don't we get subtitles on? <laughs> well, there's that. No, you know what? If you put this, tell you what, you're gonna find out. <laughs> what? Uh oh, <laughs> hang on a second. Here. Let me check these Ravens game. Oh, jeez. Oh, beans. <laughs> All right, Alex. What did you watch this week? Pass, Parker. What did you watch this week? Oh, well, okay. Hold on. <laughs> Let me uh, open my old notes back. I up. guess it's been a long week. I have Dude, some catching up to do. It's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Imagine once these, you know, the holidays are over, you finally get some time to yourself. You could take a nice vacation. What if you and Anthony Hopkins just go take a nice vacation in the woods? <laughs> People have a... referred to me as a lesser man. As <laughs> a big fucking bear attack. <laughs> <laughs> See, what I didn't realize about The Edge was, it's it's not a bear movie. We're not entering a grizzly maze. It's a movie about survival that happens to have a bear. Correct. Because they shake that bear with like a half hour left in the movie. I was like, oh, wait a second. Now there's character stuff. Where'd the bear go? <laughs> but it's it's very good, actually. Yeah. I love the dynamic of Anthony Hopkins going out there and finding out his wife is banging Adam Baldwin? Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> like, even if I hated this movie, even if I felt about it like Chris felt about Chappie... It would still get minimum four stars just for having Anthony Hopkins yelling, Come and get me, motherfucker! At a bear <laughs> as he attacks it with a spear. Like, you cannot do worse than that. <laughs> it was surprisingly good. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that there's like four characters, and the one black guy immediately gets his leg broken. You're like, oh, that bear's gonna fucking eat him. And yeah. then ten minutes later, that bear <laughs> eats the shit out of that guy from Oz. <laughs> this is incredibly good. Like, I thought it was just going to be, like, you know, a bear movie. And the fact that it was a real movie and still very enjoyable, I appreciated it. 
Thank you for not hurting me for once. Uh, give it time. I know. I I know what's... I did not get to AI this week. Spoilers. My week was <laughs> I going... I forgot you got assigned that. Tell you My what, week we'll was going week. bad enough already. So. <laughs> you just hold on to that one for a couple weeks if you want. Yeah, You're fine. You want to You want to pop that on on uh, December 26th. You have my permission. I looked at that runtime and just started drumming my fingers on my desk like, what do I do now? <laughs> how, how many days can I break this up into? So, Chris, here's the thing about student bodies. Hey! Like, obviously it's full of jokes, so it's going to be hit or miss. Almost every single joke that's the POV of the killer voiceover are horrendous. Like, 100% of those are bad. I don't even remember those jokes. Oh, right, when he was in, like, in the locker, and he's like... Yeah. yeah. I did not get much out of it, but I'm re- remembering back to you watching, going, Wow, Alex, you would hate it. Parker, you might like this. Which I now take <laughs> even more personally. <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was because I had seen a whole lot of uh, movies on the list. And I was like, you know what? Student Bodies is making fun of those movies, and uh, correct. It's nice to have a fourth person on the podcast. So it was. It's kind of interesting, just because it came out in the middle of all of these. Like it's right when every three weeks you had another different slasher movie, right? Because the only things you were like compared to like scary movie, which is like here's four or five popular movies. Then we're just going to do scenes from those with comedians. Yeah. Like this, it tries to be its own thing. It just didn't land for me at all. There were some I, funny I think that's jokes, fair, but... yeah. Uh, I think my favorite one is still the girl is... Was she having a shirt that she's like, no, I'm not taking off my shirt or something? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I actually... There was a lot that I thought was quite funny. And uh, now more than ever, I can say Alex would not enjoy it very much. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> but look, there's nothing worse than a bad comedy. And I wasn't like wanting to die the only thing so worse than a bad comedy is a bad horror comedy correct because we got my scary movie comparison i was reminded just yesterday that i think it's scary movie four the cold open is a parody of saw with Shaq and dr phil so that's the thing oh. you have to think about now because well, i was reminded I of those commercials i don't have to watch it because it's not on the list hey how does teams do this week <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> oh so yeah, student body did not really land for me, but I was not actively wanting to die. I did not have your chappy experience, which is what I have with a lot of bad horror comedies. Well, to so be yeah, fair, I, I didn't I didn't hate Chappie as much as Alex did, but uh Would you ever watch it again? No. With the other uh, gun to your head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, even with a gun to my head, I'd be like, uh, you well coin for I made it to thirty, I had a good run. Let's roll. If it was this. gonna happen for me, it was gonna happen. I'm out. <laughs> So, Alex, our, your conversation on this was lost, so I get to ask the question we asked months ago. <laughs> How did a movie come out in 2006 and just hang around for over a decade where Michelle Rodriguez and friends have to fight the Rick and Morty dogs? <laughs> <laughs> How has this movie just been in the ether? And we would have continued to not know about it without your powerful Amazon Prime searching. <laughs> I'm happy the to breed. help, buddy. The breed is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's Michelle Rodriguez and a bunch of 35-year-old college kids going to some... What is it like his family's like, Oh, I know a great spot to hang out. And they go to some secluded island with mutant dogs on it. <laughs> 
like the inciting incident in the movie is one of them gets bit by a wild dog and they're like it's fine we can go to the doctor afterwards I don't want you guys to ruin your vacation we'll just keep partying so they do they just keep they just keep partying and then more I thought it was going to be like two or three dogs there are so many dogs on this <laughs> island I fucking cackled this old dude shows up, like the old guy on Friday the 13th, and be like, ah, there's a death curse here. And then a dog just jumps into frame and mauls him. <laughs> he gets shredded by like four dogs. He shows up to warn them that there's a terrible secret, and then it gets ripped apart. Let me talk about the absolute funniest scene in the movie, which is when Michelle Rodriguez gets attacked by a dog. The dude heroically picks up a bow and arrow, fires it in slow motion, and then hits her in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> the entire like last forty five minutes of the movie is just like the purge, but they're dogs. <laughs> they're hiding. they keep trying to hide in the house, the dogs keep getting in, they go to the attic, the dogs get up there. And it's with them just trapping the dogs in the house and a woman just kamikazing herself and blowing the house. <laughs> and then the survivors get on a boat and then a dog just leaps out from underneath the boat and it cuts to black. <laughs> and it's like the end of the fucking Dawn of the Dead remake. It is so good, you guys. <laughs> I, I love movies. It is very important to note when you think about this movie that, like, in your head, you probably have a picture of, you know, dogs with some sort of, like, costume effect on them so they actually look, like, menacing. No, these are just, like, regular dogs. They're just dog-ass dogs. And they're like, oh, wow, they did a bunch of experiments on them to make them into perfect soldiers, I guess? <laughs> they give a bunch of dogs the fucking Captain America serum and they start killing kids. <laughs> It is really good. But, you know, like good. Like, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, how did you enjoy your M. Night Shyamalan experience? It's It wasn't even a bad movie. That's the thing. But it also wasn't good. There's, there's like, nothing to it. I, it was a waste of an hour and a half. Thank you. So I watched Unbreakable for the first time. Oh. It's pretty solid. Yeah. That's a drop-off from Six Sense for me. Yeah. The biggest issue is, like, things are starting to pick up. Things are going... Have either of you seen it? I feel like I should ask that first. I have, yeah. It's been ages, but... Do you remember how it just ends? Because I felt like, like, oh, we're ramping up. we got 20 minutes left. And then the text comes on screen, like, ah, Glass was sending this to 20 years. Like, what the... Wait a second. They just had their confrontation. Like, I realize now it's it's a man who, like, can't be hurt and die versus a man... Whose bones break easily, so I guess you're not really gonna have a confrontation. <laughs> but like it was building and building our main villain, the man with the weakest micro bones in history. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like it was really about to start popping off, like, oh yeah, like it's it's an origin story movie. Like, I get it. Like I've seen much, much worse. I'm getting into it, I like the characters, and then it just it's over. I've not seen Glass yet that'll happen eventually so who knows how a sequel to this goes but uh, I thought it was fine like I've seen a lot of later Shyamalan stuff not even approaching that it's it's fine I'll give like a solid three three and a half stars 
a lot of good performances. Weirdly enough, like even in his worst movies, he seems to be good at casting people and getting performances out of them. Which is, considering some of the shit I've watched from him, is very impressive. So that ended, I'm like, you know what? This was like the one night we had off, so it was just, we were up until 6 in the morning anyways, because we used overnight. It's like, I haven't watched Signs since it came out. Fuck it, let's pop it on. Oh, what a good idea to spend time watching Signs. Chris, I know you love Mel Gibson. He's fucking terrible in this. Yeah. He does not fit at all. It is... He is trying so hard to look like the serious, concerned father. And he is incredibly bad at it. It is a very, very whispery movie. There's a whole lot of this because the kids are sleeping and there's aliens out there so we don't want to say anything. And Mel Gibson's not the person to give you sad, somber, sappy, whispery-ass dialogue. It could not be more of a poor choice. There is a lot in that movie that made me real... What year did that come out? Was that, was that the movie that he directed after um, fucking uh, Sixth Sense? No, this is number three. This is number three. Oh. Um, Because Signs... I think it was 2004 for Signs. Whatever it is. I I feel like it's later, but I think you're right. Yeah, I think think it's 04. The reason I bring this up is... Do you remember after The Sixth Sense came out and people were surprised? They were like, whoa, a movie with a twist ending? What the hell? And Newsweek had him on the cover with the caption, The Next Steven Spielberg. Yeah, oh, buddy. That was for this that movie. One. He's in that fucking, those corn stalks just right, hanging out. Yeah. I remember that and thinking, boy, I, I feel really bad for him because they're really setting him up to be something that he could never quite achieve. You know, it's it's like calling a musical artist the next Elvis. You can't just do that to people. And as a, as a result, I kind of feel like he felt a lot of uh, pressure on this movie. And as such... He's acting like someone he isn't. There's a scene where they're at the they're at the dinner table and that, that cop comes by to check on them. Uh, the female cop or something like that. And she just starts talking about female high jumpers in the Olympics. I'm like, no, that's God, Quentin dude. Tarantino shit. Where he just gives you this fun fact in the middle of the movie. You're just like, you know what? Thanks, Quentin Tarantino. That's nice. You can't just do that because you're not as good of a writer as he is. And then the camera is going, like, it's set in the middle of the table, right? And mm-hmm. it pans to the right. Then it pans to the left. With every single person who talks, it pans back and forth between them. And there's no reason to do that. It's like, are you trying to say that I'm the person sitting in the middle of the table going back and forth between these two people going, huh? Like, it's really stupid. It's like, are you trying to do with your camera movements what Sam Raimi does in The Evil Dead? Because that's a very different movie from the one that you're trying to make. M. Night Shyamalan cannot write real human dialogue between actual people. And it's a problem. Because this movie is very, very character heavy. It's a lot of people sitting around a table and dealing with their feelings about loss. And, you know, he misses his wife. And my god, to give the crux of the movie, the guy who fucking killed his wife... (laughs) To M. Night himself, what is just a dreadful fucking... It is one of the worst performances I've seen in many, many weeks. You know, in a real movie. Wait, you don't like the performance? 
I actually, I actually think that his performance is the best part of the movie. It's fucking horrible. What are you talking about? <laughs> maybe, maybe I remember it differently. I think because what it is is it's the first time he sees him, and he just kind of looks away, and it's just like, oh, I, I feel. Like, oh wait, never mind. I know the scene you're talking about. It's like he, the where he reveals is just like oh, I made, I made that turn a thousand times every single day. <laughs> that one time it went wrong. I locked them in the closet. I don't think they like wood <laughs> or water or something. I don't know. Why wouldn't? Why would you put yourself in that role? So I think it's I think it's I think it's the delivery that's the problem, but like his facial acting the first time like you see him from far away and he just kind of looks ashamed of himself and walks away is like, "Oh, right off the bat I know what happens." And I thought that was yeah, like a good performance. I can, I can look sad and look at my feet too. I made a fucking living off of it. <laughs> but uh okay, yeah, I understand, but it's like I maybe I don't know. I what I'm trying to say is, M. Night Shyamalan is a better actor than he is writer or director. Incorrect. <laughs> He's not good at either one of those, either. I guess, okay, I you know say. what, I'll, I'll just say it. I really like the performance in, I think it was The Sixth Sense, where he's buying a wedding ring for his wife, and she chooses the really expensive one. The look on his face made me laugh, so. God, nothing would make me happier if it turned out that was just a different Indian actor. That... <laughs> Oh, I'm going to do some research and then cut that if that was someone else. <laughs> Nothing would make my life better than that reveal. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. I will I'm say pretty sure that was him. Has, it has one incredibly good scene. Not the alien reveal scene, which works for me, but the CGI is dog shit. The oh, yeah. best scene in the movie is at the end when Mel Gibson is desperately trying to keep it together. And he makes everyone's favorite food. And none of them are eating. And he just starts yelling, Oh, nobody's gonna eat! I'll eat everything! And just starts ripping food off their plates and crying. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I, I think the most... Uh, yes, I would say this is probably the worst performance I've seen from Mel Gibson. Because he just genuinely doesn't know what to do. And I don't think M. Night Shyamalan knows how to direct him. So there's a lot of confusion going on in every one of uh, Mel Gibson's scenes. But surprisingly, the worst performance from him is at the very end where he puts on, like, the the neck thing for uh, for being a priest. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this guy doesn't know. I, I wouldn't go to any one of his sermons. <laughs> well... <laughs> Turns out a lot of Americans did when his movie came. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, what else? Okay, I so there's. I want to hang. On, I want to bring up one other guy where they. I guess it was a uh, Joaquin Phoenix goes into the uh, fucking uh, sheriff's office, and there's that one prisoner oh who God. just starts <laughs> launching exposition about he used to be in the minor leagues and all he would do was swing as hard as he could for the fences. <laughs> That's not the Michael weird guy. Michael Showalter dressed as an 80s punk is the funniest thing. Now, that's not the funny guy. What a misguided movie. The funny guy is that army, was he a general or something? And he's just sitting there behind the desk talking to Joaquin Phoenix. That's the issue. When the aliens come, they will come for the resources. And he he's incapable of, like, closing his fucking lips. He just has his lips open the entire scene. And he's talking like this to Joaquin Phoenix. And the possibility exists that you and Bruce Wayne are brothers. Did you ever consider that? Fuck, man, don't, don't bring that up to me right now. How dare you? Uh, like, I didn't actively hate this stuff. I thought it was fine. Like, it's a step down from his last two, but, like, 
It's fine. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. I bet that M. Night Shyamalan's performance is just fine. It's whatever. <laughs> the thing that didn't bother me at all is like, I don't give a shit that they're weak to water. Like, who cares? <laughs> That's not the point of any of this. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people they, they're jumped on screen on... for like five minutes. Who cares? That's not the point. Yeah, like a lot of people jumped on that and they were just like, why would you come to a planet where 70% of the surface is water? But like, maybe their spaceship didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> man. They were just like, advanced aliens, my ass. Or maybe they you just crash landed there. You can just scoop up people. Like, you don't have to <laughs> touch down. It's fine. Maybe this movie's like Secret Genius, okay? Yeah. yeah. I love the... So this ended... I, I can't, oh, no, I can't think ahead. about this movie without thinking of, of all things, the Maddox article about it. What did, what did Maddox write about it? <laughs> Basically, the entire thing was just bashing this movie over the water thing. So it's all I can <laughs> think about when I think about science. I, I, it just feels I mean, like you so, want to talk... <laughs> this came out, I look, 2002... That is the most 2002-ass internet, like, oh, so you're telling me, it's just, <laughs> yeah, there's enough actual problems. Like, I don't. I didn't know it was 02, that. okay. So it was pretty close to, like, six cents. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. damn, he was pumping these out for a while. <laughs> so this ends, I'm like, yeah, that was alright, but it's still early enough for the night. And I watch it on Prime, the credits roll, and in the bottom right corner I see, would you like to watch The Village? <laughs> <laughs> and I stared at it. And I fucking stared at it. And I hit play. Oops. You guys. So I've never seen The Village because when it came out, you couldn't avoid what the twist was. So when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm not watching that. <laughs> I'm fine. And then, you know, he hasn't made good movies since, so there's never a reason to go back until fate put it in my lap. So even if you just know the twist. Okay, I know what this movie is. Let's go in. It's so fucking boring, you guys. It's just... Oh my god. It's so full of shitty, fake, old-timey. Okay, can we just Here's... talk? And this, Sorry, this is, like, really important here. You say, even if you don't know what the twist is, you know what the twist is. Yes. Not I've... because you've been on the internet or you heard it from someone else... But as soon as the movie starts, and you see directed by M. Night Shyamalan, you're like, oh, so that's the twist. And this You immediately guess really... it. You, every single it person like... immediately guesses the twist. <laughs> it broke, like, everything, because he stops doing twists after this. Now when people see his name, they're like, oh yeah, go fuck yourself, buddy. Like, this was the beginning of the end in a big way. The, this was 04, right? The, the Village was 04? I think so. The Signs was right. 02. He didn't, he didn't direct two in one year. I'm just trying to get over, like, what year yeah. was fucking um, Lady in the Water? Was that 06, I guess? Probably. Because I, I, not not just Lady in the Water. What, what year was yeah. uh, the, the really bad one? The one that gets a lot of attention. Oh, the, buddy, I'm watching The Happening soon. Don't the, you worry about it. Because I'm pretty sure The it Happening was... came out after The Village. And I remember The Village was bad enough that people were like, oh, hope he gets back on track with his next one. Yeah, The Happening was 2008. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw it did not have that logged, and I... I got very excited, because, man, that is a film. <laughs> that could be a future episode. Oh, yeah. So, like, the one thing about this dumb setting twist that kind of works in its favor is that since Shyamalan is so bad at writing people, it works out as, like, yeah, it's a bunch of people present day pretending to be in, like, an old-timey village. So, of course, it sounds stilted and stupid, because they're just a bunch of English teachers, like... What if we were turning butter, pretending we lived in the olden times? Of course they sound like fucking morons. So that kind of works in its favor. And I will say, 
Really helps to have Roger Deakins shoot your movie that takes place completely outdoors. Yeah, that's... Real funny. smart call on his part, because that movie is fucking gorgeous. Almost enough to keep you invested. Hey, guess what I didn't know about this movie? What didn't you know about this movie? It's that Adrian Brody had just won an Oscar. It's like, cool. I will go full retard for you. Because, <laughs> holy fucking shit. This performance is... He's going for it. I feel like uh, we say, say that, that about much. Adrian Brody a lot. Underappreciated actor for the the purposes of this podcast. Yes. It is yes. a hard swing. It is a lot. And the other nice thing I'll say, Bryce Dallas Howard, very good in it. A very thankless role. She's very good. That's what I Shame heard. about Lady in the Water, but you know. Oh, that fucking movie. <laughs> Probably not her fault. Holy shit. I don't plan on ever watching it a second time ever in my life. See, that's so, the thing, you know. is I still feel that Lady in the Water is a, is a worse movie than The Happening. Um, oh, yeah. The Happening is at least funny. You start talking about scrunts and narfs, and I want to fucking <laughs> hang myself from the ceiling fan. <laughs> scrunts, Christopher. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, you like the village? Uh, did you like uh, his performance at the end of the movie? Oh, my. I was listening to someone talk about it, and they said they saw it in theaters. And when that reveal happens, and you just see M. Night, you just heard groaning of like, Oh, fuck you! Like, they're already <laughs> mad that they found out it's a present day. And then he just is on frame. Like, yeah, go fuck yourself, dude. I'm out of here. It's interesting, because this is the first movie that's like not sold on any stars at all. Like... Say what you want about, like, Bruce Willis and Mel Gibson in, in the 2000s, but, like, they're still names. Yeah. This is M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. <laughs> so for this to be his first swing, like, oh, no, no, I am an auteur now. My name goes above the title. Like, top build is fucking Adrian Brody and Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, this is his vehicle that's being sold on his name. And to whiff this hard... He is truly never recovered and probably never will. Next week's episode, Glass. I will be busy next week. Okay, next week's episode, Split. I will be busy the next two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It's... I'm just trying... I was trying to go into it, you know, with a clear mind. Look, everyone on the fucking planet knows what the twist is. And I think we all know that if you're enjoying a movie and the twist fucking makes you mad it's gonna ruin the movie for you so it's like okay i know what this is i don't have any other preconceived notions i'm just gonna watch it a lot of checking that clock like how many times are we gonna walk into these woods and see that red thing that i already know isn't a real monster can we just real quick now the more i think about this is this like kind of one of those sleepaway camp twists where it doesn't really change a whole lot it's just like oh okay we're just doing that then fine all right that doesn't really change anything what if the sleepaway camp twist, like, just had five minutes of him not Shyamalan and be like, yeah, so there was a boating accident, and then so the mom changed her gender. <laughs> he just explains the entire logistics of it. Yeah, so they set up this reservation, you know. We had, it took a long time to set it up so there wouldn't be any plane flyovers, you know, because then they'd see planes and they would know it's current day. So that took a lot, but then we got that done. It's like, I don't need any of this. <laughs> just fucking end it. You know what gets me is the guy clearly grew up in Pennsylvania, so he shoots all his movies there. It's, can you imagine someone being arrogant enough to shoot every single movie in Boston or something? Uh, or or Derry, Maine, perhaps? <laughs> Look. 
The more Shaman movies I watch, the more I'm like, hey, you know what, King, do whatever you want. Man. <laughs> <laughs> At least you've earned something. He made one and a half good movies 15 years ago. Fuck like, off. none of his movies have offended me. <laughs> or offended my sensibilities. Well, I uh, can well, change that, is the thing. Yeah. But you could. And uh, that's it for me. After that, I just... I watched that... I think Wednesday night after we were recording, I did this little marathon. And it was like, well, I guess I'm done with the movies now. So caught up on some assignments. Still got a couple to go. But uh, that's it for me. Okay. As the week went on, I had less and less time and just felt more like dying. And then I watched Drop Zone, and now I feel better. There you go. Okay. Well, let's talk about Drop Zone. <laughs> I can safely say that, like, so the movie begins, right? And you see this, like, outdoor sort of yard for like a prison and everyone's going around and they're lifting weights and shooting the breeze doing cool stuff that like guys do and uh i kind of thought that this this bald guy with like the mustache and the the hair and everything who's going to feed the kitties i thought that was cheech Marin at first oh god better because <laughs> he kind of he kind of had the voice that would have been so much better i would have i would have loved that uh, part, part, maybe I had Cheech Marin on the mind because I had uh, just watched From Dust Till Dawn and he plays three different roles in that movie. <laughs> oh, uh, man, if he started yelling about pussy in this fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, yeah, he, he gets attacked, but he survives. Um, and then we meet our good friend Wesley Snipes. And I just got to tell you this about Wesley Snipes. And sometimes you forget how good he is, you know? I love that we have this conversation lot. every time he's in something. It's like, fuck, right? Wesley Snipes owns. I totally forgot. I, yeah. I love that I keep getting surprised. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because by the time he was in movies that, like, weren't Blade, and I was old enough to watch them, he was in prison. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, yeah. missed that whole Wesley Snipes era. See, this is the sort of thing that, like, breaks my heart because I really like his performance in this movie, and I really want more Wesley Snipes movies, but he... He went off the rails at uh, some point. You know there's a finite amount and it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he's he's one of the U.S. Marshals and he's in charge of transferring prisoners from one place to another. And his his partner is actually his brother, which uh, must nice be a little uh, family business that they got going on there. And uh, in the moment, I'm like, when he says brother, does he mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh Anyway, they, uh, they're driving to the prison and his brother's talking. They're shooting the breeze. And you can tell that they got like a good relationship going. Until his brother says, yeah, I set you up with this chick. She's way better than that Mongolian feminist you were dating. Uh, <laughs> got her. Which, uh, which will be a recurring motif throughout the movie, apparently. You know that Mongolian lesbian who listens to Lisa Loeb? Ugh. Get rid of her. That was so bizarre. And he says, I can't date a woman named Shachandra or something like that. Shachandra? Sounds like something comes out of your nose. I'm too old to be dating a Shachandra. And I'm like, uh, kind of uh, pulling at my collar there. Is he trying to say he's ready to settle down with a white woman? (laughs) Turns out. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, So anyway, they take this guy and... When they put on the, like their coats when they get into like the prison to transfer this guy to like the plane where they're going to take him, they seem like they've done this before. Like they seem like this is it, it feels very real, and this is easily my favorite part of the movie when they're on the plane and shit starts going like head up. 
that's easily the best part of the movie because it feels so intense. It's like fucking captivating. I was so into this. I was I caught myself like leaning forward with my mouth open, being like, "Oh, geez, I hope they're able to get out of this mess." Uh, it was it was actually pretty good. Uh, and then Gary Busey bites the guy's finger off. Uh, <laughs> then he got really great. Yeah. Could I look? I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I might have been somewhat distracted while this movie was on. Did they explain why he bit that guy's finger off? Because he's Gary Busey, man. Don't worry about uh, it. What do you like to know, motherfucker? He probably fucking ad libbed that. <laughs> he probably actually bit that guy's finger. Yeah, off. exactly. Hey, yeah. we need this computer hacker. Knocks <laughs> <laughs> his finger off. <laughs> so cool! Oh my god, that's fucked up. And then he's just working for them the rest of the movie. That's an Academy Award winner just biting dudes' fingers. I hope his cats are okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, fucking bubbles from Trailer Park Boys hacker. Well, then you know you bit my finger off, and uh, you spit it out the airplane. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, like here's how into this movie I was when Wesley Snipes' brother died. I felt like actually kind of bad. I was like, oh no, I. I hope he'll be okay. I hope I will see him again someday. Yeah, I will remember you. <laughs> You're just looking for any human connection after watching two hours of the robot teenager learning that crime is bad. Yeah, that's also probably true. But uh, anyway, things start getting a little... So the plane that they're on with the prisoner that they're transferring gets taken over by skydiving terrorists... Uh, I mean, guess who didn't all... remember that's what this movie was about? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, again, like, uh, just want to make clear, there's a, a lot of skydiving in this movie. So, uh, like, like oh, the, what are they going to do on the plane? Okay, like the plane's got to go down, though. Oh, no! Same <laughs> thing they do every day, Pinky. Uh, so uh, he lands, and the uh, FBI is investigating it. And they uh, they apparently say that it was his brother who was responsible because he took a shot at them and that uh, blew up the plane. And he's like, wait, 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 there were terrorists and I saw them and they took the guy that I was transferring. That's very unfair. Mods. And they're like, no, no, no. It's actually you and your brother. You're at fault. Give me your badge and your gun. And he decides, no, no, no. I will investigate this on my own. And he does some research. He goes to like special ops training for airborne school and stuff like that, which my brother actually went through. And uh, he asks, could anyone jump out of a 747 at, was it 3,000 feet or something like that? And he was like, well, maybe two people could do this. And uh, one of them was very skilled. The other is named Dick Brains. <laughs> so he goes over <laughs> to find Dick Brains, uh, who's played by uh, a woman. And uh, she now has a jumping out of airplane school. And you'll never guess what she does at that school. And hey, uh, hey, Chris, you wanna you wanna give her uh, her character's name for the audience? Just Crossman, <laughs> Dominic Jagger. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Just Crossman. Maybe I'm thinking of someone what else. A cool ass name, Dominic Jagger. Huh? I guess I wasn't paying attention. Oh, oh no, Dominic, Dominic Jagger's the other one. The, the oh, Dominic Jagger's girl. the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's just Crossman because they referred to her as yes. such multiple times. I was I was confused. I just okay, I just wanted so. to say Dominic Jagger on the podcast. That's fair. That's fair. That's a new Discord name right there. Okay, so uh, she's like, okay, tell you what, I can jump out of a seven forty seven at three thousand feet, but it's really hard. You need to be very skilled. How skilled do you need to be? And then she just takes him up in the airplane. 
just doesn't really explain <laughs> how good you need to be. So she takes him up in the airplane. She's like, okay, we're at 7,000 feet right now. You jump out at 747 this, your body would be ripped to shreds. Unless you're really good at jumping out of airplanes. And he's like, okay, thanks. Take me down now. She says, you got it. And pulls like a, a trap door lever in the plane that just drops him out. Which, uh, it's very Animaniacs, I'll yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, that's, there was a point where I thought he was going to, like, Wiley Coyote just stay up in the air, look down, look at the camera, uh-oh, and just, like, go down. Um, she straight up hit this dude with a what does this button do? She <laughs> dropped him out of the sky. It's very disrespectful. Dee would have been very proud. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she uh, she goes down, she saves him, and I gotta tell you, his acting during this whole scene is going, ah. However, this is where the movie drops down a bit visually because the green screen in this is... <laughs> they did their best. Egregious. It's very Look, cool. it's, it's a problem when multiple times a movie I'm watching, I'm like, I remember that first scene in the Power Rangers movie where they all skydive? I cannot <laughs> stop watching... I cannot stop thinking about that scene when I watch this entire movie. It's Okay, good, it's not just me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they blew their entire budget on that fucking scene. Because it too. turns into... What if Wesley Snipes was a Power Ranger? Just beat the shit out of these kids. Yeah. It's a it's a bad road. Yeah. Yeah. I've had not a lot of sleep. It's, Your mind starts to wander. Yeah, to Ivan Ooze. So Exactly. Uh, you get it. So when they land in the water, I really thought that he was gonna hit it in like I thought he was gonna like land in the mud like Peggy did in King of the Hill. She's skydiving <laughs> the shooting. Okay. So uh, they land in the water and Wesley Snipes pow clocks her one. Honestly, he's entirely in the right. I'm sorry, women. <laughs> I will protect you. <laughs> I will protect you at all it's... costs, but she deserved that one. <laughs> she fucking tricked him into falling out of the sky. He's like, ah, you fell all right, didn't he? He just fucking punches her and walks off like a cowboy who's been on horseback <laughs> all day. <laughs> so he, he saunters out of frame. <laughs> so here's the thing about that scene. They wrote it out when they cast a woman in that role, and she insisted, no, 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 I want Wesley Snipes to punch me. <laughs> <laughs> I also <laughs> want Wesley Snipes to punch me. That fucking owns, dude. Movies are yeah. so cool. So uh, he keeps investigating, and, and she's like, oh, my friend, Dominic Jagger, is one of the greatest skydivers in the world. Uh, maybe he has more information about this bullshit that happened. And he's like, okay, I'll do some more investigating. He goes to find this, like, eight-year-old girl who is on the plane and shoves an 8 by 10 glossy photo with one of the terrorists in her face being like, look at it! Look at it! Look at it! Look at it! Was it him? Was I new? Look at it! And just scarring this girl for life. She never comes back. She's in the funny farm after this movie. And uh, he realizes it's a guy with a scar under his eye. Okay, if I can find him, then I'll be good. But the Miami Police Department is listening into this conversation, and they relay that back to the terrorists. And Gary Busey gets this information. He's like, huh? Is that? Yeah. Got a scar in his eye. All right. All right. All right. Okay, I got you. All right. All right. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come and grabs the guy's parachute with his legs and <laughs> guides the guy's parachute <laughs> towards a power plant. Just fucking shoot him. <laughs> That's so much less cool than this, though. It's you so are great. A because DEA agent. It's not hard to hide a body, dude. It's great because everyone lands and they're just like, so, uh,. What's the story with electrocuting Steve there? <laughs> He's like, that could happen to any one of you. Any one of you gets guided, they all go down. 
All right, let's go over this guy. Let's see what we're... <laughs> I just love that they find out, like, this guy's a mole. Hey, guys, we're doing another quick base jump real quick. Stop <laughs> up there. So here's the thing. I wrote I down as Steve soon as he, because, like, he looks at it. He's on the phone with the guy, and he looks at this guy with the scar with the guy, the scar on his eye. He's like, and they go up in the sky. I'm like, oh, he's going to kill him. Is he going to, like, mess with his parachute so the guy dies like that? Or get down and, like, knife the guy in midair? No, no, no. He grabs him with his feet and drives him into a power plant. Why are you base jumping by a power plant? It's important to disclose that Gary Busey is wearing Zuba as well. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. To a finally, representation plant. in our movies. It is... One of the best scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> he kills a guy with his feet into a power plant and lands wearing Zubas. I don't want to hear shit from anyone else just getting on dis- me when I'm wearing Did you just fucking kill a guy? Oh, we're four strong now. Anyone have a problem? Like, <laughs> no, I guess not. It's like, no, I saw you bite off Reed's finger over there. I'm not going to question you at all. Bit <laughs> that guy's finger off. This movie owns, dude. Yeah. So, he did the Chun-Li bicycle kick until that guy exploded into a power plant. <laughs> so, uh, Dominic Jagger's team looks uh, really good, but you can't discount how good the team is for Wesley Snipes. It's got well, Wesley Snipes and um, a chick who's pretty good at uh, jumping yeah. out of airplanes. An and actual uh, Sarah crazy. Palmer? Okay, yeah, sure. I was about to say. <laughs> of all the people, the f- they just got fucking Laura Palmer's mom from Twin Peaks. And apparently she just always looks like that. Hey, you know, you can get a lot of 90s character work with that face. Yeah. I feel it. She she lands that sputtering plane. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> like, it's a jalopy. And it just, like, it just starts, like, streaking in that southern accent. And we're like, oh, that's what kind of work she had to do after that show got canceled. You know, take what you can get. You're yeah. a woman over 30 in the 90s. That's a wrap. That's a fair point, yeah. So, uh, and it also, and also has... Today. Yes, Sorry. and it also has a like I said an actual crazy person, who uh, it's he just reminds me of oh look it's that wacky guy from the geeks. <laughs> really? <is. laughs> What's his fucking name? I keep yelling it at I him. I don't know. Oh fuck! Uh, they've all got stupid names. Yeah, this is a, a stupid name. Is this is this my boy Selkirk Power? It sure is. <laughs> Not to be confused with Swoop, who comes in yeah. later. Oh, I've got everyone confused with each other at this point. So, uh, anyway, at, at some point they bring up uh, Mongolian feminists. I think it's when he goes to a bar and punches a guy out. And someone's like, oh, what's the matter? Did you just break up with that Mongolian feminist? And all I can think about is fucking... to bad jokes. It just feels like Jerry Seinfeld, what's the deal with Mongolian feminists? The 90s were a different time, Chris. PC hadn't run amok yet. You could really give it to those feminists. We were really running out of pick of people to pick on, so we settled on the Mongolians. Yeah. Oh, let's make a joke about black guys. Wait, who's the star? Oh, these fucking women, am I right? <laughs> am I right, guys? We're on the same team. Please don't kick me. <laughs> Please don't guide me into a power plant. Okay, so uh, basically the way I want to describe what happens for the rest of this movie is someone watched Point Break, and they're just like, yeah, what if we focus on like a tenth of that? What if instead of like all the bonding and brotherhood, they just practice skydiving? Because he has to learn how to do it extremely fast. What if we spent a ton of money on this? Someone watched... 
the Power Rangers movie, and, and they walked out of the first ten minutes being like, that is the height of filmmaking. <laughs> what you think about, like, the Ivan Ooze thing? The what? <laughs> no, I left. I left after the Chili Pepper song, dude. I was out. <laughs> the Chili Pepper song. <laughs> You remember so much more of that movie than I do. <laughs> My brain is fucking toxic, dude. I think that's the first movie I saw in theaters. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> okay. I know Bulk and Skull were in it, though. Anyway. Uh, Man, this crew could have used a Bulk and Skull. So at one point... Bulk and Skull and Swoop skydiving together. <laughs> so at one point they're like, when are we going to do this next job or whatever? And Gary Busey says, we'll do it the day after Thomas Jefferson died. July 5th. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that somebody who isn't me is willing to do the voices. I try to do the best I can here. Because <laughs> uh, the last time I did a Gary Busey impression, it was the one for Silver Bullet where he just went, ta-da! <laughs> Guys, I don't know how to tell you this, but I looked up the writer of this movie. He, this was his first film. And then the next film he wrote was high school musical yep. <laughs> that's so powerful how in the fuck wait that was like how how long was the the years between it was like 10 years between them right so much 12 at, but yeah 12 what same thing holy shit that's absurd what was he what doing cool in guy. between that time i don't want to know i probably just worked. spending all of his drop zone i money. have a lot of questions <laughs> about everyone involved with this movie most specifically the fact that their first choice for the wesley snipes role was steven seagal who was attached. Oh, man. he are, That dude, when he's just standing still, looks like he's skydiving. Look, <laughs> uh, we say better movie a lot, but the <laughs> idea of Steven Seagal parachuting multiple times. You think there's a lot of green screen now, but... <laughs> 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 just standing still with a big fan blowing up. <laughs> he's not even gonna lay flat. I just keep thinking, okay, so remember in Deadpool 2 where that one guy with a mustache is jumping out of the plane and just has his, his hands both at his side, he's just diving straight to the ground? That's Steven Seagal <laughs> with the squinting eyes and his hair slicked back. Oh my god, imagine that ponytail in the wind, though. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> so, really good. at one point, so they, they uh, I think Wesley Snipes asked the girl, Yancey, whatever her last name is, it's uh, like, July 4th. What's so special about July 4th? And she was like, you don't know? July 4th is the day for skydiving. Of course. And uh, that's, yeah, that's what I think of July 4th. You know, barbecues and uh, grills, independence, apple pie, white picket fences, and skydiving! So, uh, yeah, there's... Uh, what if this turned into, like, sudden death where they just did a flyover before a football game and then they just parachuted out and took a stadium hostage like Bane? Oh, okay. Let's workshop a better movie, you guys. Maybe we do need we fans stadiums again. Rises. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. anyway, so anyway, there's a competition between the two teams, the good guys and the bad guys. And <laughs> <laughs> so the crazy guy on their team does something that I thought was pretty funny. He gift wraps one of the bad guys. He he gets his parachute all up in the guy's face and like wraps it around the guy. Which could kill him, and then deploys Absolutely. a second secret parachute and uh, lands safely on the ground. That Dude, was the, really funny. The fucking fact that this scene just turns into you got served, but with parachutes is incredible. <laughs> They're racing for pinks out there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> fucking intense. It was 
It was really great. And unfortunately, he pays the consequences because at the bar later on, he gets the shit kicked out of him in the bathroom, right? And uh, Wesley Snipes goes over there, and there's a guy guarding the bathroom so that they can, like, kick that guy uh, in peace. And he says, oh, man, I really have to pee. Can I come in there? He's like, no, use the tree. He says, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, punches that guy. is able to get in there. And he's able to kick the asses of three different men while having a full bladder. That's badass. It's, you, you don't know, like that scene? Okay. I can't do much when I have to pee. I can barely record when we have to pee. Yeah. And to do the kicks of that caliber, good for him. Yeah. Uh, so at one point, um, I didn't take a whole lot of notes here. Things get kind of muddled for the rest of the movie. They try and kill the leader, but then they... <laughs> They let the little mouse dude from the Matrix basically take it, and then he almost dies. But they chicken out of giving him the goose death because they're cowards. At one point, uh, the the good girl gets on the plane and she has a gun and she's pointing it at all oh of my them. God, I forgot. About and I want to talk about this. I really what was her wanna, plan. I well, I thought that she was just going to shoot them with a gun. Because it's a gun, and they're bad guys. She has and one sh- gun, and there's like five of them well, on a shoot tiny like, plane. Shoot like one, and then the other, and then the other, and then you jump out because you're a parachuter. You you must tell me what happened to my friend and ex-husband, who I also hate, but you killed him. So I have to know. This is my plan. So here's the My ex-husband, thing. who sucks, would never parachute into a power plant. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing he told me before we split. So here's the thing. They... Uh, Gary Beast is like, now here's the thing. Your husband hated you. We all hated it. And then the worst part was, Aah! and he just like gets off her, bounces like a howler monkey, steals her gun, and she jumps out of the plane with no parachute. Now, because I have seen a movie before, I know that she survived. I'm like, How, what's good? Did she have like a secret parachute on underneath or something? No. Apparently, she has the grip strength to just hang on to a rung outside the plane. It, and everyone just jumps out and they don't see her. It is one of the dumbest scenes I think I've ever seen in an action movie. I'm going to be real, though. If Look. Tom Cruise did this, I'd be all over it. Absolutely. You know how there's stories about moms getting, like, incredible strength and, like, their child is, like, about to die? Yeah. If you're in that situation and Gary Busey goes, Bruh! and runs at you, <laughs> you will find a lot of power within you. <laughs> also, I would dive out of a plane without a second hesitation. If I couldn't turn the gun on myself, I would jump out of the plane. <laughs> anyway, she somehow survives. Oh, wow, what a surprise. Um, anyway, they go to... I honestly can't believe they didn't kill her off. It's not like they need her for the end. Yeah, okay, speaking of the end, can you guys In an talk- 80s movie, she's fucking dead meat right there. Yeah, so, yeah. so let's talk about the ending. <laughs> you guys want to do this one for me? Because I, I ran out of notes here. <laughs> Absolutely. It just stops being about skydiving for a while. Yeah, huh? I felt uncomfortable. I was just like, well, what the hell? There's no parachutes on screen. I didn't pay for this. Like, go back to shoots. All of this fucking work to set up this convoluted skydiving plot to convoluted. hack the DEA mainframe. <laughs> and then it's just a regular movie for the last 20 minutes. There's, we're not going to talk about this character at all, but I just want to make it known that the guy who sabotages the parachute, his name is Deputy Dog. Yep. <laughs> okay, back to where we were. I wanted that on the record. <laughs> so yeah, we just we drop in Washington and we break in and we start hacking mainframes. We get a 
in this movie about skydiving. We get a nice fist fight between Wesley Snipes and Gary Busey somehow. I can only imagine how That's that went. I love action movies where you just look at Gary Busey like, yeah, this guy would definitely hold his own. He'll be fine. Like, I remember the first time I watched this movie when they're fighting and they fall out the window together. And I paused the movie and looked at my friend who I was watching it with and said, I bet you anything Wesley Snipes has a secret parachute. And sure enough. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me that they fall out the window. Because Gary Busey's dead. Yeah. I say this a lot. I made a soy face at my school. <laughs> I could not. I involuntarily. The best part. The way that dummy the... falls and then just slides into that fucking windshield. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, we, we've talked before. I, Parker, wasn't there a tweet or something that went somewhat viral? Where it's like the best part of any movie is where someone gets thrown somewhere, then the camera cuts to like a dummy flying. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a fucking. Conan O'Brien bit. It's horrendous. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever. Whenever you get a dummy, it's just like that. Never too young to die. It's one of my favorite dummy deaths. <laughs> it's a really Someone good had one. to launch a dummy through a windshield. <laughs> Why would it fall like that? It falls out of like a giant government building and then just whooshes into a car. <laughs> The best part is the entire time I was watching Gary, <coughs> Gary Busey. Arr! It's a lot funnier when I imagine that Gary Busey actually bit that dude's finger off, but also refused to do this scene. <laughs> That's dangerous. No, 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 do that. Oh God, it's delicious. Look, I won't fall, but I will howl like I'm going through a werewolf transformation. <laughs> for you. I'll give you that. <laughs> Gary Busey is activating the Kaioken technique while falling to his death. Oh, what a good movie. It's extremely good. Like, the last 20 minutes sucks ass. Like, wow, this kind of fell off a cliff. And then they fall out that window. <laughs> the combination of secret fucking tuxedo parachute and also that death. Man. Like, there's somehow too much skydiving and nowhere near enough skydiving in this movie. How do you front load a movie with skydiving? <laughs> Check out Power Rangers. Well, you know. Yeah. It's just... Uh, gonna shoot your shot. I just yeah. love, like... Rollerblading and skydiving. You first. can just tell that Point Break came out, and the guy... It's somebody involved in some production company was like, Wow, that fucking skydiving scene was really dope. What if that was a whole movie? And then we got this. And also a second skydiving movie released in 1994 starring Charlie Sheen. Wait, didn't the Power Rangers movie come out in 94? It was right, right after <laughs> 95. Oh, damn it. I would like to believe we live in a world where they saw Ivan Ooze and they're like, Yo, kids really like the skydiving stuff. <laughs> we should make Wesley Snipes do it. Oh, Jesus. So I will say one of the things I like about the end is that really weedy guy gets like away and he's dressed like a DEA agent. And Wesley Snipes like, no, wait, come on, that guy over there, don't make me get up and run. Ah, my broken leg. And the crazy guy is like, oh, wait, one last skydiving scene for the finale, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> he just, goes the end, just, just goes, Banzai! And wraps his thighs around him. <laughs> he parachutes off of the roof, takes down the sky, and she yells, Fuck yeah! And then the movie ends. I really thought it's that so what cool. he was going to do is he was going to wrap his legs around him like a fucking condor and like direct the parachute so he gets more air and drop him into another power plant. Oh my god. Could you <laughs> just go check oh! off? 
I truly missed the night. Like, this made no money, so obviously they'll never try it again. But he could just be in the 90s and be like, oh, what's this movie about? Oh, it's a U.S. Marshal has to break up a drug smuggling gang. So he has to parachute. Like, sick, here's $50 million. Good luck, man. <laughs> you don't get that anymore, and that's a shame. Yeah, now we give that money to Chappie. What if Chappie had to parachute to learn that crime is bad? Better movie. That's not the Former point. Former DEA the... agent Chappie. What is the point, Chris? There is no point. It never says that crime is bad in Chappie. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. What if Gary Busey and D. Antwerp were skydiving? <laughs> I, would, I would cut out their uh, fucking parachutes. Okay, let's get oh, into the game again. Parody. <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot. God <laughs> damn it. Three thirty in the fucking. (laughs) What a perfect segue! I hate the ant word. I want to fucking cut my parachute too, dude. All right. Well, uh, now that we have results for the uh, Ravens and Steelers games, we can actually tabulate the uh, the results this week for our teams. Remember that time the Canadian Prime Minister dressed, dressed as an antwerp? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Alright, the Dragon Balls this week were hidden behind the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Ravens, which resulted in two for me and one for Parker. So, our Dragon Ball totals are at 9, 7, and 13. Parker closing in <laughs> on another set. Now, let's fire that rig up, baby. <laughs> before we do any butt coin mining, would anyone like to use any Dragon Balls this week? I have something in mind soon. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> I might be collaborating with oh, someone. No. Don't worry about it. Oh, no. Terrified. <laughs> that is It'll terrifying. Well,. I came up with something that I would like to use my Dragon Balls on this week. So I will be cashing those bad boys in right now. And again, you know, as has been true in the past, like, these wishes, they can sometimes be a time commitment, so it's not a hurry. But, uh, Parker, buddy. I've been thinking about, uh, how much we used to enjoy watching Storage Wars back in the day. Oh, no. (laughs) And I've also been thinking about the jungle. Of course you have. So there's something very specific I want you to watch. I want you to watch season four of Gold Rush. Now, oh my god, that's very specific. I don't know if you've seen or are familiar with Gold Rush at all, but basically it's a show about dudes in modern day mining for gold. Just up in, you know, the Yukon or, you know, western Oregon or wherever they think the gold might be. Just up there mining and digging and washing dirt and trying to find gold. Now, the main character of this series is a guy named Todd Hoffman. And if there's one thing I've learned about Todd Hoffman, it's that he is horrible at mining gold. He is just... Like, think back to when we watched Storage Wars. You remember Barry? The guy that just, like... The old guy that was just, like, buying cool shit because he wanted to? Imagine if you had a character that was Barry, but was actually trying. That's this dude. Oh, so, season three of Gold Rush, where we last leave them, because I will catch you up, although there, I believe there is, like, a recap episode. Um, season three is Todd Hoffman finally having some success mining gold in the Yukon. He's got his operation set up, he's raking in the gold, you know, things are finally going well after he ate shit the first two years. So what does he do? He packs up his operation 
and moves it to the South American jungle. <laughs> what the fuck? Exactly. There's, you know, by this point, they had, like, multiple crews in different locations, so there were subplots. One of the crews spends the whole season just digging at what they constantly refer to as a glory hole. I want to tell you what happens on their South American adventure, but watching it happen in real time is so fucking funny. And if I know anything about your taste in reality TV, you will both enjoy this and have a lot to say. So, oh, man. it's... I'm going to do a whole fucking week around it and just... <laughs> that'll be all I watched that week. <laughs> the first time you see this guy's dumbass dad, who's like 80 years old and still works for him, and his stupid don't tread on me hat. Like, you're going to know exactly what kind of energy oh, this yeah, show dude. has. Fuck yeah, dude. Because they always show clips from like the first season, which is like 2008, where like his entire crew is just like dudes that lost their job in the recession, so you're actually rooting for them. But by season four, you're just like, this guy's such a fucking idiot. I don't even want him to find gold anymore. <laughs> I'm excited. I think you will have a good time with it. I love trash. <laughs> it's like the perfect like lane of reality TV for me, where like... The narrative is just good enough to keep you watching, and whenever it gets a tiny bit slow, they just show you, like, infographics of how, how gold is mined, and it's like, huh, I'm learning things. This is cool. <laughs> I want to learn how to mine gold. I just, like, I keep waving my girlfriend over, like, babe, 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 look, you see, they put the rocks in the top of the, uh, the sluice plant, and then they run water over it, and the gold falls to the bottom, and you see the rocks come out the side, and they fall over here, but a rock got stuck in this thing, and you can see here on this diagram, and, yeah, it's, it's very stupid. You're, you're gonna be into it. Sounds really good. I watched a lot of stories. I know Wars you did. And Shipping Wars, buddy. I know we both did. We were deep in it. All right. We were. That was a bad time. All right, let's mine some butt coins. All right. Wait, uh, Parker, odds or evens? I always say evens. It was you're a fine. four, so you're good. Bad. So that is a dragon for you. Yeah, up to 14 nice. of those bad boys. Uh-oh. Man, next week when I finally have more than three hours of sleep. <laughs> some diabolical <laughs> things planned. Alright, time to roll for Hunter Biden's laptop. I will be taking odds. And that is a three. So, uh... I'll hold on to that for one second as I do the, uh... The team tabulations for the week. Okay, it appears that, uh... My teams went six and four with the Ravens letting me down there. Chris's teams went four and six, and Parker's teams went five and five, so I'll be assigning a movie to Chris. No. Dab. Damn it. Now, Chris, I have something picked out just for you. Oh, good. I like it when you say stuff like that. Now, you remember the Cars franchise, right? You know, talking cars, <laughs> driving around, Man. you know, just having a good time. see my face. <laughs> We should make this a video podcast so you can see my face. What you might not remember is that Disney Toon Studios movie? made a Planes movie starring Dane Cook. <laughs> what? I didn't know that yep. part. I didn't know that part either. <laughs> I oh knew God, there was a Planes parachute, dude. Can't <laughs> wait to hear about the adventures of our old buddy Dusty Crophopper. Who I'm sure is making a lot of good jokes. You know, the thing they say about Dane Cook is that he is well regarded for his physical comedy, which will definitely come through as he voices a plane in this animated movie. 
Isn't Dusty Crop Hopper on Gold Rush? <laughs> Honestly. As soon as he said, remember the Cars franchise, I knew you are going to assign me planes. I didn't know. I felt it in my microphone. This was going to be. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. All right. Did you think of that because he watched Drop Zone? Uh, it might have been something to do with it. That was a good improv. I. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I am gonna, I'm gonna hold on to this Hunter Biden's laptop assignment for just a wee bit while we, uh, while we roll some dice. We'll see how the game shakes yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, and also I got to think about what I want to assign somebody because I only had one really picked out there. All right, you guys want to do community teams, community teams, or COVID dice first? I feel like there's bad news on both ends. Yeah, let's go with COVID dice All right, first. so I'm going to go ahead and say that there were th- three big offenders for the COVID dice this week, and that would be the Ravens, the Broncos, and the cheating-ass Steelers. So, <laughs> it says here that the Ravens are one of my teams, and the Steelers and the Broncos both belong to my good friend Parker. So. Oh, beans. I'm going to go ahead and roll for the Broncos first, because they had somehow the worst quarterback performance of these three teams this week. And I watched RG3 today, so, you know. Alright! Chris is going to assign you a movie, Parker. Oh, cool. Oh, bad news, Parker. Uh... Fuck, I haven't seen Chapman. <laughs> Oh, oh no! <laughs> uh, no, I have to admit that most of the movies that I have written down to assign you are really, really bad. Uh, but there are two good ones on here. I'm going to assign one of them to you because uh, you watched the fucking uh, the Village and uh, Science back to back, and give you a good movie just to remind you that good movies do exist. False. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to assign you Rushmore. All right. Wes Anderson. And one of the reasons I'm assigning this to you is every once in a while, you seem to be like, oh, I'll watch this director's filmography. I agree with Alex. Don't just watch all of Wes Anderson's movies in one go. Let's, you know, spread them out. That's that's the fun of Wes Anderson, you know? I'll burn out on that very quickly. I know myself. All right. Let's roll again for my good friend Parker. Well, that one's not too bad. You get to choose one of these two outcomes. You can either pay it forward by assigning a movie to someone else, or you can save it for later by keep getting two Dragon Balls. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Give me those two. All right. 16 on the Dragon Ball counter. Oh, fucking sick. I got the same thing. I will also take the two Dragon Balls. (laughs) I love when it works out like this. Hey, Chris, maybe more of your team should have had COVID this week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can't win, can't get COVID. What good are they? (laughs) All right, let's get the big dice out for the uh, community teams. Oh, not the big dice. (laughs) The biggest dice in the NFL. You guys want to roll for the Lions or the Dolphins first? The Dolphins. Neither. The Dolphins won. 
I so <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I don't want to think about the. I don't want to commit any brain space to the Dolphins. All right. All right. This one could go either way. Oh, good. All right. Now, Parker and I like to talk a lot about the trash that we have scrolled past on streaming services. You know, stuff that we've maybe gone by like 10, 20, 50, 100 times. And just, we want to hit play, but we never have. So this week, each of us is going to watch one of those movies. Now, Chris, you might not do a lot of, sc- like, scrolling around on uh, on streaming sites. So just pick one, scroll through their original content. And just stop on something where you look at the picture and go, huh. Okay. I have something in mind for mine. Which is the thing... I'm sure I'll find one. Dude, I have scrolled past that movie with the bear roaring at that girl on Hulu, like, at least two dozen right? times. <laughs> so. Wait, which one I is that? I forget what it's called. It's, I think, the only thing I have is favorited. It... On which service? I didn't hear you. Uh, I think it's on Hulu. If it's the one I'm thinking of, you're fine. Yeah. Oh. That's not going <laughs> to like, stop him. We'll talk off mic. If it's the one I'm thinking of, you're absolutely fine. <laughs> All right. You can just skip right past it. Well, like I said, this is a mixed bag. It could go either way for me. Now let's roll for our Super Bowl champions. <laughs> this hangover is never ending. <laughs> right. I hope they bounce back with their new coach. Oh no! It appears that Carmen San Diego has stolen the Lions' collection of Lombardi trophies. All right. So how this is gonna work is, uh, she could be anywhere. And you can't ask any questions to find her. You just gotta pick a location somewhere on the globe to go look for her. Damn it. Okay. I'm about gonna say Egypt. <laughs> Why? She might be there. Yeah, she could be. It's possible. She's got a lot of trophies to lug around. She couldn't have gotten far. Right. right. Uh, where would be a good place to hide a trophy? I'm going to check Florida. Um, I'm going to go to the greatest city in the world, Boston. Uh, I'm going to check Philadelphia. Okay. Now, none of us were able to find Carmen Sandiego or the Lions' myriad Lombardi trophies. However, we each did find a movie from this location to assign to somebody else. What? So, Parker can assign a Boston movie to one of the two of us. You can assign a Philadelphia movie to one of the two of us. I really played myself. The one time I should have picked <laughs> So it's assigning to each of us? No, just just one. Just one person. Yeah. And you've only found oh. one movie. Don't get greedy. Don't right, don't search for treasures untold in Philadelphia. No, uh, I I wouldn't ever do something like that. Um, tell you what. what am oh, I this doing? seems really mean. <laughs> is this actually in Boston? Hang on. I just every time I search Boston movies, like the first three results are, "Hey, you ever seen Boondocks?" <laughs> well, okay. In that case, I'm going to assign one to. Uh, well, I guess I can only assign it to Parker because I know he hasn't seen it yet. 
the, the name of this Philadelphia movie is Glass. Damn it! <laughs> I thought you were just going to say Philadelphia. <laughs> no. It was filmed in Philadelphia, apparently, so uh, enjoy. Oh, all of his fucking movies yeah. are. Don't worry about it. Hold in that case. Hey, Chris, do you like Ryan Reynolds? I love him. He's such a good actor. Do you like Jeff Bridges? I know oh, him. He is an that's, actor. That's, <laughs> do you like Ghosts and the Undead? Do you like R.I.P.D.? Oh. That is, that's uncalled for. <laughs> cool i fucking i had scrolled past it and then he signed me glass so now this is what <laughs> i was looking for anything else rushmore and he gives me r.i.p okay that's fine. just keep okay. whatever yeah. that's, that's you're pretending it yeah. just happened all right, all right. what did Luck i there are so many florida movies i did not think this through and and also, like, you've seen most of the possible That's true. Movies. Yeah, you're kind of running out of them. <laughs> he, he, oh, you he know what's funny? You know the one I haven't seen? I haven't seen Ted yet. Uh, still time to change. Nah, so no, I'm kidding. If I sign Ted, All right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to... I'm. This isn't mean to Parker, but I'm going to put more on his plate. Parker, you're going to watch Gator. Oh, hey. There Damn. you go. That's, that's, that's fair. And, uh... I wonder if Crockhawk <laughs> God, if only. Man, I am so tempted to assign somebody Crock. <laughs> Not gonna, though. I'm gonna use my, uh... I'm gonna use Hunter Biden's laptop to be nice to Chris and make him watch the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, hey. There we go. Royal Tenenbaums. Doom. There we go. That's going to do it for the Game of Games this week, where I have somehow ended up having to watch zero more movies. Well, now you can check up, you can like finish up the movies we've already assigned you, young man. Uh, I will get right to that. Your plate is also oh, very correct. Yeah, so. it's, yeah. I have a myriad of dragons at my disposal, <laughs> friend. Oh, I'm terrified. It's going to be the fucking end of the season. Alright, guess season's almost over. Yeah, check this shit out. <laughs> Hang on a second. And that's the tea, sis.